The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Kyle. And joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who uses the tears of Patriots haters as his life-giving force. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Let me be clear. It's not lost on me that you picked a villains episode to compare us to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So that did not slide by my radar. <laughs> you know, I was hoping it would slide by your radar until we got to the end part. Cause I had a little thing when we get to the topic of the show that I didn't put in there for the intro that I was going to slide <laughs> in there, but my plan has been foiled. Nice try. <laughs> like any, like any good villain, the hero sees through their plans ahead of time and foils their abilities to do what they were going to do. But hey, man, congratulations on your team winning the Super Bowl. Thanks again, number six. That is, that's a lot of Super Bowls. Yeah, that's pretty great, huh? We got a pretty good team over here in New England. Gotcha. I wouldn't know what that's like, <laughs> but you know it's okay. You know when you when you're on top of the mountain. All, everyone wants to push you off. Everyone does want to push you <laughs> off. And you also kind of like, it's one of those like unwritten rules, right? That it's like, okay to make fun of you and not like, you know, your team just because they're good. <laughs> unwritten for everyone else. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like Duke basketball, right? Like, unless you went to Duke, like everyone hates Duke basketball. I don't know why. Just seems like they do. Right. Everyone doesn't like the Patriots because they're really good. They're really yeah. just jealous, and their jealousy, I think, comes out as anger and hatred, which is unfair, which is really unfortunate, you know? You know, it must be what that must be what it is, because that's not what they're saying, but that must be what it really is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, is there another, like, reasonable no, no, explanation? No, no, a reasonable explanation. In fact, I wouldn't even uh, recite other words on this show. <laughs> well, I mean, but luckily, you know, for everyone out there, there was something... You know, I I didn't get to see the Super Bowl. I was traveling. I was I was flying back from my travels on Sunday, so I didn't see any of the game. I, mm. I, I I heard bits about it, and most of what I saw and read, like I as I would you know occasionally check social media as I was dashing through airports, was that wow, this isn't a really great game. Like this game overall is not super exciting. You know, which no one likes the defensive game. No one likes the defensive game. Absolutely, unless they're football fans, and then well, it's a great game. Even some of the people I know who are football fans are like, okay, you know, if I'm going to watch two teams where I don't have an investment in them, sometimes oh, it's sure. fun to see points put on the board, right? No, no one wants to ja- watch the, the Jaguars and the Lions score three points in the whole game, but that's right. the Jaguars and the Lions. <laughs> so, but luckily for both the Rams and the Patriots, Maroon 5 was like, you know what? We could be the worst thing at this Super Bowl. I didn't hate their performance. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did watch it. Well, I shouldn't say I did watch it. I started watching it on YouTube, uh, and I was like, "Nah, I'm out. I can't." It was I can't fine. Do this. We've had worse. We've had worse halftime shows, such as 
You you want me to start and just yeah. of singers? <laughs> okay. Um, the Paul McCartney one was not very good, even though I love Paul McCartney. I mean, the Beyonce one was terrible. Oh, whoa! Be yeah, careful, it was man. Bad. Be careful. <laughs> now you understand why people don't like Patriots fans. You're just slam Beyonce. You put me in this position. I wasn't going to name names. <laughs> well, I thought you had better taste. I like her music, but <laughs> it was not a good performance. So, well, you know, it's cool. But hey, again, congratulations. Now we don't have to think about the Patriots for like six whole months. This is going to be great. Yeah, we're already uh, Red Sox are heading to spring training. We're already on board. The I'm cool with that. Up. Buses picked up the equipment yesterday. We had a parade today. Boston's a happy, happy time. Yeah, we cool. had the Patriots parade today. Right. I, thought, I thought at first you meant funny. the Red Sox had a parade. I was like, for picking up their equipment, the Red Sox had a yeah, parade. Like I knew, you the bats go, so. <laughs> I knew you were all in the sports up there, but goodness <laughs> sakes. So, but hey, you know what? This isn't a sports podcast because that would actually probably be a really bad idea. I would not do a sports podcast. <laughs> I, I wouldn't either because like I don't watch mainstream sports really anymore. I'm the person who like turns on the television and sees, you know, by, you know, biathlon is on. And I'm like, oh, this is what I'm watching. And then my <laughs> wife looks at me and shakes her head silently. <laughs> but anyway, this isn't a, ga- a sports podcast. This is a gaming podcast. So thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the awesome, wonderful things Josh posts over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with Fiji. So we would love it if you gave us a five star rating over there. And we do take those long form communications board with VG at gmail.com. And as always, use that hashtag board with Fiji on all of the social medias so we can kind of check out all the cool things you're playing, all the fun things you are doing. Whatever podcast service you are listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That's whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed or the standalone board with video games feed. And PSVG is on Patreon, and we're really thrilled with the support you've given us thus far over there. If you'd like to monetarily support us and everything we do, you can find us at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing to us is just that you listen and maybe share our podcast with someone you feel would enjoy it. So that is enough of the housekeeping. Quick side note, Board of Video Games did sponsor the Patreon giveaway last month. And if you join our Discord, you can see folks playing the games they won, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. So anyway, enough of all of that housekeeping. I unfortunately was traveling last week for basically the entire week. So I had very little game time. So Josh is going to be carrying the what are we playing segment. But Josh, what have you been playing on your tabletop, sir? I'm just going to be carrying this up a short little hill. We had a sick child uh, all week and still, uh, as well as obviously a big weekend that they had no board game playing. (laughs) I was going to say, just like the NFL needs the Patriots to carry them, I need you to carry me. (laughs) I'll do my best. (laughs) Uh, So uh, we made, I, I was able to make some time on Saturday night to play Keyforge, uh, which we're trying to get a weekly game going. Um, yeah, and I'm still enjoying it uh, a lot. I've been um, 
trying out my decks and my buddy has like 30 decks now i have four <laughs> so it's more of an experiment for him than it is for me i think at this point but um i mean i don't know how much we've gotten into keyforge before so for people who may not either be familiar or don't remember um keyforge is the second game in the unique game series um from fantasy flight games and it's it fits the branding so the way that this game works is they have a set amount of cards uh so they have like a base set uh i don't remember how many cards there are uh there's i know there's over 400 so perhaps more numbered cards and they have this um way of separating these cards into the hundreds of millions of configurations by um, applying a, a name and three out of the six available houses in the game uh, randomly to all these decks. So it's creating uh, all these decks that are individual, uh, unique, and will not be the same as any other deck because even the names are randomly generated on the deck. Um, so what that means is when you open a box, that's your deck. You're playing that whole deck. You don't add cards to it. That's what you play, and you're either... Uh, so I would say some of the debate before was, can a deck be bad, or do you just need to be better? And I can say that there are definitely some decks you could consider bad uh, based on, one, your preferred play style, and two, the luck of the draw. You can mulligan cards, um, but out of all my decks, I did run into a deck that myself and my friend thought was not a good deck and that being said creatures are an important role in the game that's how you're doing your attacking uh, but you can definitely win without them uh, because if your enemy doesn't have any creatures you can't attack them you're not it's not like hearthstone where you're attacking a main um, character you're trying to uh, earn ember to forge keys so Usually creatures help you do that. So I had a deck that were was mostly actions, and that made that deck very hard to play. And a lot of the it's interesting how it worked out because a lot of the actions required creatures, and I just wasn't drawing any creatures. Um, and it just happened to be a deck that didn't have very many creatures. Uh, in comparison to other decks, it probably had an eighth of the amount of creatures in other decks. Um, but then you're looking at more of other types of cards in that deck, so... It could be really good for somebody, but based on my playstyle from my other plays of the game, it definitely doesn't suit me, which I find interesting. Um, so that, that being said, the art is still fantastic. Um, my friend was finally able to uh, get the starter box, so we actually have like the components required um, to play the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of my frustrations with Keyforge. Right. Sure, you can just go buy a deck and play that deck, but it doesn't come with instructions. You got to look them up online or print them. Um, it doesn't come with any of the components you need, so you do need to uh, figure out something to substitute what is required. Um, that being, it, it's also only ten dollars for a deck, so it's a little bit of a give and take. But still, right. ten dollars isn't cheap. It's just not expensive. It's right in the middle, I think. Right. 
So right now, I think everything is supposed to come back in stock for Keyforge this month, if I recall. Yeah, this, this week coming up, stores are getting it back in stock. Yeah, and it's interesting because like on cool stuff, like you can buy like a, dis- a deck display box of 12 decks. Oh, it's available now? Well, the pre-order. Oh, you can pre-order, yeah. You yeah. can pre-order, but I just think it's interesting because, you know, when Keyforge was announced, and they're like, oh, there's going to be like this little base starter box where you get the two decks and the instructions and like all that good stuff. You know, and then you'll be able to buy individual decks for like 10 bucks a pop. I was like, oh, this seems really cool. You know, kind of like, you know, being able to play limited, you know, if, if you're familiar with magic and the term, you know, limited formats, but yeah. playing like, you know, sealed deck or draft or something like that. Like you're playing a more controlled environment. Um, but then I, I already see it getting to the point of like buying booster boxes, you know, like people would for magic, like, oh, new set comes out. I'm going to buy my three or six booster boxes. Yeah, of cards and just cracks and packs, and now Keyforge is like, yeah, hey, just buy this whole deck display box of twelve, you know, for a hundred and nineteen dollars. I think is what you get it for. Yeah. So they're already, you know, really pushing that. Have you played a lot of you know limited formats for games like Magic, where it's just like sealed deck or draft or anything like that? I haven't played any of them. I'm I'm familiar with them, but okay. by the time all that Magic stuff was happening. I was way out of it. Like when I was playing Magic, it was like me and you sitting at a lunch table. Gotcha. That's cool playing. Okay. Because I was just wondering how, if Keyforge feels more like the limited formats. And I know know they have limited formats and like Hearthstone and stuff. But I was curious if, you know, since Magic is really my big reference point for that, if Keyforge feels like those limited things where, yes, things aren't going to be sometimes... You know, your pool just isn't great. It's not as it's not as good as other people's pools are, but you're not completely outclassed all the time. Yeah, no, it's it's super balanced. I'm going up against um so like if you know if if you've been keeping up with the Keyforge at all, like uh, the um horseman decks have become like the the big deal and every deck mm-hmm. that has them has four of the horsemen in them. Um and like you can go on cool stuff and they're selling them for 150 bucks just because it has horsemen in it. Um, so my buddy has a couple of horsemen decks. Uh, he's like, I'm not going to sell these. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Don't, but maybe you should, because you could buy more decks. <laughs> um, but uh, it's very well balanced. I played against a horseman deck. I did well. I didn't win, but I didn't feel like like overpowered at all. Um, in fact, every game we've played, I have never felt out of it. Um, because there's cards like Debbie times where he has so you need six uh pieces of ember traditionally to forge a key in the game there'll be times where he has 18 oh goodness you know but you can only do one key per turn but there's cards in the game that like you can take all that away from him with one card and a common card so there's so many cards in the game that that do their own Mm self-balancing that if you get them at the right time that's perfect and if you don't you know you have to look at how did he get that much? Should I have attacked that creature instead? Right. Like, there's always things that you can look at um, that I really feel like um, we've played. F- so far, we played five games. He's won three. I've won two. And I didn't feel comfortable. Like, I didn't feel confident winning those two games. But mm-hmm. I just kept playing and it just ended up working out. I think the big challenge would be uh, we talk about it all the time because he keeps. Um, uh, tell him he's harassing our local uh, friendly game store to get tournaments going. And they're like, we right. just don't know how we're going to do it yet. And they they haven't released any 
tournament stuff yet. So right. we haven't gotten any details from them on how to run a tournament. Right. Because do you require a buy-in and everyone gets a random, like everyone gets a new deck that day? Like, are people allowed to bring their decks? Like, right. What? Yeah. What, what, is the, what are the rules? Right. right. And like, and we, we, they just released another rule update because uh, they're, they're nerfing stuff all over the place. So, and that's another one of my frustrations is we have this rule book and he had to download the new mm-hmm. version of the rule book three days ago because they just put out a new version where they fixed they or added a bunch of cards. So like that's frustrating too. Right. I mean, but that's not total I mean, that's not uncommon in like any CCG or TCG. Like Yeah, you're right. It, it's, cards get you know, banned, cards get, you know, cut you know, ideally not in limited formats like this. Like ideally it shouldn't happen in Keyforge. Right. right ideally. So it is interesting, though, that like, you know, I remember from like interviews and things like that, it sounded like one of the reasons Richard Garfield wanted to design this game was he wanted to get away from like that secondary market of, oh, you have to have like XYZ cards in order to play competitively. But it yeah. sounds like Keyforge is having decks that are rising to that anyway, or has certain cards that are rising to that anyway. And that there yeah, is there's a definitely, market for- there's definitely great cards. But here's the thing. When you get like your deck, if you have like one of those cards, that's why those decks are selling. Not because the four horsemen are also in it. Like they're selling for one card. You can't win on one card. Right. Because you might never so, get it. Exactly. And like, I still think he nailed it because while it's picking up that kind of magic thing, people are buying all these decks, not because they need to be competitive. It's because they want to experience what it like i would imagine i can't speak for everyone but like what my buddy's doing why i like buying new decks is because you want to experience playing with a whole new deck you might have similar cards you certainly do have similar cards but you don't always have them working with the same house like it's Mm -hmm. different groupings of characters and i don't know i i just kind of find it exhilarating and that could change that could end at some point but like right now like i'm having a blast uh playing it that's awesome. That's really cool. I think when we're done recording, I, I may pre-order the, uh, excuse me, the uh, kind of base box, if you would, um, or starter box, if you would, and maybe a deck or two as well. So, Yeah, you get two set decks and two random decks inside that box. Mm-hmm. So. And really, those four decks might even be enough, really. So Yeah. I mean, yeah. you'll see if you want to jump in further. And if you don't, You'll have no problem selling that box. Yeah, it, and it's you know, <laughs> like I said, I I always have like I go back to the days of you know when I was playing a lot of Magic, and I was at FNM every Friday, and I was you know going to pre-release events and release events and doing all that stuff, and I still think about and the reason I'm really interested in this game is like my best memory still of playing Magic was not like you know winning an FNM or doing well, never well enough, but like you know doing well like in a Pro Tour qualifier or something like that. Like my best, my favorite memory still is at a pre-release event where we were, I was playing um, sealed deck. So you get, you know, your five packs of cards. You got to build your deck based off of the cards you get in that five in those five decks. And some people just get like way better cards than you do. Like that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I still very distinctly remember I was playing this person and it was they play you play 60 minutes, best of three. And, you know, we were tied one one going into the third game. And I, you know, for Magic, if you're not familiar, each player starts with 20 life. If you get them to zero, or there's other ways to win too. But in general, most people are going to be through damage where you get them down to zero life, you win the game. And 
he at one point in the game it got 20 he had 20 life left i was down to one and i said i looked at my hand and i said okay i could scoop right now and just give him the win but i'm gonna see if i can do this i'm going to see if i can stall this out and that i can win this game and i did and i ended up coming back and beating him and he was furious I he bet. was so <laughs> mad but and i'm sure because like it probably was a really frustrating feeling because like the deck i was playing probably wasn't the most fun deck to play against just being perfectly honest but it, it was the best i could do with the cards that i had it wasn't a style of deck i would typically play it was very controlling it was very like bouncing creatures removing creatures tapping things down like very very much making it so stifling his turn and reducing his ability to do anything but it was what I had available to me in my pool. So I was like, well, this is the best thing I can build. So let's go for it. And he, at the end, he like, he wouldn't shake my hand or anything. He was really upset. And, but I still just think about like that moment and not making him mad. Like that wasn't the the good thing of it, but having the confidence in myself to say, I can figure this out. Like I can, this is a really rough situation, but I can get through this and I can still manage. I built my deck well enough. Like I can play this well enough that I can still win this game. And, And pulling that out is still like, one of my favorite memories of Magic and being that limited format, that makes me really interested in Keyforge. Nice. Awesome. So, anything else on your tabletop, sir? That's it. Hopefully it gets more this weekend. We'll see how that works out. Awesome. I have a a group of games sitting, waiting to be played this week and this weekend. So, I'm hoping that if I can pull my wife away from Kingdom Hearts 3... That I'll get that done. So let's just <laughs> jump into things we're playing on our television. Cause I, like I said, I was traveling all week for work. So I didn't play any board games this week, but we'll talk about video games here briefly and I'll mix it up a little bit. I'll kind of go and talk about my video games first here because I didn't play that many. Um, first off, played a, since I was traveling, brought the Switch with, was playing New Super Mario U Deluxe. So, you know, it's a Mario 2D Mario platformer. It's fun. Like, I don't know what else to say about it. Like, that's the hard thing, right? Like, you get these Mario platformers. They're a fun time. The game looks pretty. It looks nice. It controls like Mario games control. Like, it's fun. I don't know. I'm in World 3, having a pretty good time with it. It's not rocking my world, but it's also, like, it's fun to go play, like, a level, put it down, come back, you know, a few hours later, play one more level, and just kind of working my way through that. Here's my question for you, though, sir. I don't believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe you're a big fan of platformers, correct? No, there's very few that I'm a big fan of. So, what is, what would you consider to be your favorite platformer? It's always been Mario. It's been, like, the Mario games in general, for whatever reason, have uh, escaped my distaste for platformers, probably because I played them at such a young age. Gotcha. So you want to hear something that might be blasphemous? If I think I know what you're going to say, I don't think it's as blasphemous as you think. What do you think I'm going to say? That you don't enjoy the Mario games? No, it's not even that. I'm pretty certain that my favorite platformer might be Rayman Legends. Above That's every a great Mario, game. Above every Mario game I've ever played. Rayman Legends is super underrated. Yeah. It that game, so good. I was thinking about that on my flight while I was playing Mario. And I was like, you know, this is fun. I think I'd really rather just play Rayman Legends. Like, I really think I would. Yeah, I bought that for three for Xbox and for Switch. So, there you go. I would love to hear other people's thoughts on it. I just, you know, like I said, do Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. It's fun. It's a Mario you think game. Think it's worth sixty bucks? Um, I know the I know the Luigi game is in there as well. I haven't played that yet. 
I, if you like Mario games, like, sure, why not? I, I, you know, but if you've, if you're one of the few people who owned a Wii U and played it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had it on the Wii U. I'm on the fence. I kind of want to play it because, like, I could play it with my wife. Yeah, which is a, definitely a plus. And I mean, it's a quality wise, is a gr- it's made really well. It looks great. It plays exactly like you'd expect it to. It is a, another solid Mario platformer. This is one of those things I think that almost plays against them. That like everything is is good to great about it. So you're like, yeah, it's exactly what you'd expect it to be. Hmm. There's nothing that like really sets it out above everything else. But that's just because it's just so like everything they do is good. Right. You know, it's kind of. Yeah. So I don't know. I gotcha. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, if you enjoyed it or you enjoy the Mario games or if it's something that you want to play like with your wife. For sure. Give it a go. Whether it's worth the $60 or not, that's the part I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. You have games to play. I'll wait. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's a Nintendo game. So, you know, in three years, Mm. it might go on sale. So, (laughs) which actually, I should have said that a little bit. They've been doing a much better job um, in the Switch generation, at least, especially the last year or so. Well, really, the last six months. Yeah, there's some on sale at Walmart right now for like 45 bucks. Yeah, they've, there's been a lot more sales than there used to be, at least as far as games go, especially third-party games on the eShop um, are kind of getting marked down pretty significantly to be more in line with what you're seeing on Steam and Xbox and PlayStation. So um, in addition to that, continuing to play Legend of Soul Guard on my phone. I still really like that game. I still <laughs> play it every single day. I still have spent zero dollars on it. Um, I got to a point where I hit a level in the campaign that I just could not get through. It was just destroying me. And I was like, okay, I feel like this is the point where either I'm going to figure this out or they're going to want me to, or is this like where they try to get me to spend money? And it's still, every time I log in, it's like, hey, here's the deal of the day. Buy this thing, like buy that thing. Like they're still telling me and asking me to buy things every time I log in. I still have bought nothing and I still and I finally today got through that level that I've been stuck on for probably close to a week. But there's so many different like types of the game, like there's a campaign and there's these hero arenas and there's these treasure hunts. And there's like so many different things to do that even though I was stuck in the campaign, I still had plenty of other ways to interact and play with the game. But it didn't cost me anything. So still really liking Legend of Soul Guard. Uh, I encourage folks to check that out if you feel confident in your ability to resist the microtransactions or if you feel like they're reasonably priced. My problem is one of the things that they popped up with a microtransaction that I almost made me be like, I shouldn't be playing this game. It was like, hey, deal of the day. And the deal of the day was forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. That yeah. does not seem like a deal at all. So that was a bit disappointing. But. So that far, I up in my Marvel game every once in a while. It's like a hundred dollars gets you all this. I'm like, Ugh. and like hundred dollars. <laughs> I know. And the big thing too is like, I wouldn't mind giving them some money because I'm really enjoying this game. Like, I'm having a ton of fun with it, and I want to reward the the good work, if you would. But I, I just feel like they're so it is so in my face all the time that I want to be like, no. I'm not going to give you any money. Like if you had just been like way more subtle about it, I'd have no problem giving you some money. But since it's in my face, I don't want to now. I think we need to do a mobile game episode. We should. Because I have a couple video games and board games. We can still split it up. Yeah, we could definitely do that. We should do that. Okay. And finally, a game that I'm going to end on because then we can throw it to you. Oh, side note, as I kind of alluded to earlier, uh, my wife is playing Kingdom Hearts 3. 
which is another reason I haven't played any video games really because I got it for her on Thursday while I was gone. I ordered it digitally and then told her how to download it. Since Thursday, we're now recording on Tuesday, and she didn't play any yesterday because she worked like all day yesterday, came home for dinner, and then went back to work. Um, since Thursday, probably lunchish time, she's played about 36 hours of Kingdom Hearts 3. Nice. So she is crushing it, and I came downstairs to come record the podcast, and she was sitting there, and she had her laptop next to her with a little strategy guide because she's trying to grind some levels and finish and clean up some things, and she couldn't find like these last two like Mickey whatever like the hidden mickey type things that they have in disney world they have like the mickey portraits that you can get in kingdom hearts 3 and she couldn't find the last two so she was looking it up online she's like you feel like a cheater i'm like no this is totally fine like you can totally do this like you can't even have to for, like two mickey <laughs> portraits, like do it like just get it done so but yeah she's loving it. she's really enjoying it um but yeah i've never played in the kingdom hearts she's played all of the kingdom hearts so yeah so my wife recommends kingdom hearts 3 if you're into it but finally, the game that kind of got rumored and then got announced and got released in a day, uh, playing a little bit of that there, Apex Legends, the new Battle Royale from the fine folks over at Respawn, uh, which is super interesting because everyone was like, yay, Titanfall 3. Oh, this is just set in Titanfall Universe. Oh, it's not Titanfall 3. Oh, it doesn't have Titans. I don't want to play it. It's like, but if you like Titanfall 1 and 2, <laughs> like what? If you thought those games were well made, seventy percent of the games in multiplayer, you are human. <laughs> right, give it, give it a shot. Like just give it a whirl. Uh, so this is response take on the battle royale genre. A few big differences is that it is required. You are required to be in squads of three. Um, so it either match makes you or you can jump in with a squad of three. You have to be in a squad of three. Uh, only sixty players on, or only sixty players on the map. Um, which honestly they said might increase in the future. I sometimes feel like maybe it could use a few more. I feel like the map, I don't see people all that often. Uh, But other than that, it takes place in Titanfall universe and it has this awesome, like all the characters that you can choose from have different powers and abilities, which is something that I really appreciate in a game. I like asymmetrical games. I like when everyone isn't equal. So the weapon, everyone can pick up any weapons, but then obviously, you know, the different abilities and powers your characters have, and you have ultimate abilities and things like that. There's respawning, which I think is done in a really smart way in the game that you have to like pick up your, your partner's little indicator and like bring it back to this respawn point and you can get attacked while it's happening. But like, so there's respawning, but it's definitely not infinite. You have to work for it, but I think it's done in a smart way. I'm really enjoying this game. I Josh and I got to play a little bit together. I'm not a huge Battle Royale fan, but this, as far as Battle Royales Royales go, is the one I've had the most fun in. I'm not good at it. I'm really not good at it. Um, There are definitely, if you've played a lot of Titanfall, you have a a huge advantage because the weapons are from the Titanfall games. So you know it's good and it's not good um, and all that good stuff. And it has a little bit of that. If you land in a place that has good things, yay! If you land in a place that doesn't have good things, oh no! Like sometimes <laughs> that just happens, you know, in battle royales. But overall, I'm really enjoying it. I it, the game looks beautiful. There's a few technical issues with it, but you know, for a free to play game that was announced and released in one day, I think they have done a pretty exceptional job with this. I think it's going to be interesting that this is coming out. Anthem from EA comes out in like ten days, and then supposedly next month the battle royale mode for battlefield 5 is coming out so ea is releasing like three games basically in the course of four weeks so that's a little interesting to me but hey it's ea who knows (laughs) so (laughs) yeah so that's my thoughts so far on apex legends i've only played a few hours of it but really enjoying my time with it i think this might be the battle royale game that gets me to play battle royales more often 
Josh, what have you been playing on your television? Well, let's start with Apex Legends. Uh, and I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, I'm not um, great at Battle Royale games um, for whatever reason. Um, it, it's just uh, games I enjoy like, playing with people, but not necessarily often and not like frequently. But um, yeah, I played some um, in between... Um, the baby being up and not sleeping. Um, and then I played some more this morning by myself. So I jumped in on a, with a group of two other people I didn't know. I got my first kill because I didn't get any kills last night, but felt really good. Um, and I got it with the with the assistance of my character's special abilities, which is nice. nice. Um so I really enjoy that. Um, I think it looks awesome. It controls great. It moves. Everything is so fluid. And I'm, sh- I'm sure that's 100% because I really enjoy Titanfall and Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like muscle memory because I, I think everything moves the same way as I remember. Um, I like the addition of the zip lines that go up and down or across. I like yep. Um, the launch balloon areas. I like the AI uh, interface. I like, I, I think I like everything about it. Um, there isn't, I, I think I'm missing the solo aspect of like jumping into Fortnite solo or, or blackout solo because I don't like to feel like a crutch to a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I miss that, that I can't just play solo. I know I can definitely like separate from my art team, but that defeats the purpose. Like, right. So maybe that's a mode that if they could add that in later, I I would like it even more. Um, but I hope that this is a game that um, we can play more often. I can play with more people that I know. And um, I know that they're announced today that they are working on cross play. They wouldn't, they didn't say between who and what. Right. Um, but any cross play would be, better because it would give me more options for people to play with as well right um but yeah i'm really enjoying my time with it i plan on um playing it um in small doses over the next four or five days and try to get a bunch of in this weekend yeah i mean a million people played it in eight hours so that, yeah i saw that it was very impressive that is impressive. Um, and they did announce today that they that there will be more titanfall news this year so, yeah that was re- that was really weird because they had said initially like on Monday that no, we're not working on any other Titanfall. We're not working. Well, I think they maybe said we're not working on Titanfall three. Yeah. And then during the EA <laughs> earnings call, there's like, well, there'll be more Titanfall content this fall. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Right. Maybe they just didn't want to leak it. But then when they saw how the internet basically reacted to Diablo mobile, they were like, Oh, we better tell them we really are working on a Titanfall game. Well, that would be, <laughs> that, I mean, that makes me wonder though, like how big of a studio they are because they have their star Wars game. That's supposed to be out this fall. They yeah. obviously were, have been working on this. They have a VR game that they are working on. That's been announced and known that they're working on for quite some time. And then they also have another game that they're working on. Are they working on four games right now? Maybe, maybe they just have like a Halo five, a Halo six trailer video. That's like true. They did at E3 just for Titanfall. That's true. Maybe, That's maybe true. we're getting Titanfall three on the next gen consoles yeah. or something. Um, yeah. And then, uh, um, since we last talked, I don't think I had started Resident Evil 2. I know I had talked about playing the demo, um, but um, we bit the bullet and 
uh, we got Resident Evil 2, and I say we because obviously me and Kyle are game share partners. Um, so yeah, I started it. Um, it starts a, a different, a little bit different than the demo, maybe 10, 15 minutes earlier than when they put you in the demo. Um, but it, it, it really does feel like the Resident Evil 2 I knew had a baby with Resident Evil 4. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's the same game. It's the same Resident Evil 2 game. It really is. Mm-hmm. Even even from the fact that I forgot when you start the game, even the menu gave me flashbacks. Like, oh, yeah, you can pick to between two different characters at the start of your game. Yeah, you and can. Like, oh, yeah, I remember this gas station scene. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember it being weird that you could, the cop car was the front door was blocked by a pillar, but when you come back out of the convenience store, your character just runs and jumps right into the driver's seat side. I was yeah. like, I remember the problems with the first one that they just left in because they were just trying to stick with like the nostalgia of like the keeping the game the same way it was. Right. So I'm not mad at that. I just thought it was like cool that they kept that the same also. <laughs> like yeah, um, so I'm having a great time. I don't have much else to report. Um, I played probably 20 minutes longer than I played the demo for. So I'm probably only about a solid hour and a half into the game. Um, so I, I look forward to playing that more as well. But, you know, life's getting complicated. <laughs> I know, right? It's that time of year. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the topic of the show this week. And what was supposed to be a New York Toy Fair announcement, but got leaked due to an unfortunate shelving error by a Target employee. Ravensburger's new villainous, or game villainous, is getting an expansion called Villainous Wicked to the Core. We're big fans of villainous here at Board with VG, and I'm certain this expansion which can be played as a standalone game or added to the base game, if you'd prefer, will make it into our collections. You can pre-order it now on Target if you want to, because as a reminder, this is a Target-exclusive game, Target-exclusive first launch, something. Timed. They have it until the end of March. Okay, so they get it for a month. Uh, But you can order it, pre-order it on Target.com right now if you want to. Uh, But this expansion adds the Evil Queen, Hades, and Dr. Facilier to the mix of the pre-existing villains that include already Jafar, Prince John, the Queen of Hearts, Maleficent, Captain Hook, and Ursula. So, with this much-anticipated expansion being announced, we figured, you know what, it's time to give some attention to the folks we love to despise. So, Josh, villains in general... Who, who do you have a favorite? Who are some of your favorites when it comes to villains? Who do you look to? <clears throat> I don't know that I have a favorite because, like, a lot of times I'll like be watching something and I'm like, "This is my favorite villain," and then mm-hmm. I'm just on that. And because, like, if someone delivers a good enough performance, I'm like happy to say that. But then I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," but that's like saying this is my favorite movie. This is my favorite movie right now. <laughs> right. So it all depends on the timing. Um, uh, there's, I mean, there's been classic villains like we could go like the Hannibal Lecter route or um, Darth Vader, of course. I think uh, Mads Mikkelsen's performance of Hannibal is I enjoy more than Anthony Hopkins because you get to see him be more villainous, not to pun off of the game, but 
and you get to see him being Hannibal Lecter instead of hearing about Hannibal Lecter. Um, although I guess if you've seen the movie Hannibal, you've seen him do something pretty uh, gruesome and terrifying. Yeah, you have. Uh, so <laughs> there's a pretty good scene in that movie. Um, if we're thinking like, I mean, if we're talking video games and stuff, I've always like, and I don't know if this is a me problem. Maybe you can kind of tell me your thoughts, but my memory for more recent video game villains is poor. Like I remember Bowser, Dr. Wily, Dr. Robotnik, Ganon, all these like classic. And I'm assuming it's because I had to keep replaying the games so much because there's, you know, that's just what you had to do with games back then. No saves, no, like all these like terrible things where you're like, I'm fighting Dr. Wily again. <laughs> like the games are much harder. So you would, you would see them more frequently. Maybe that's why, um, but like Shredder, um, from Ninja Turtles, like all these things, those things sit always there on my brain. But if you were to ask me, like, I could give you villains from God of War, but I wouldn't necessarily always know, like, Kronos, which game? Zeus, four games, three games? Like, I don't necessarily have that same memory of what I'm sure at the time were incredible um, villain storylines. So I think for me, um, I like, I guess I like live in the moment with villains. Do you have, like, specific villains you can think of? I, I think the hard part is, for better or for worse, I'm a firm believer that when you play or experience something during what I affectionately like to call our formative years, they stick with you more. Right. That's why I think that people still often listen to the music that they did in their teenage years and early 20s for the rest of their life. Because yeah. you associate things with that music, like really big life milestones. And like you have memories associated with that things. And I think the same thing happens with other forms of media, right? So that's why I think we think of villains and older villains and the things like Bowser and Dr. Robotnik and things like that, because number one, they were often used much more in marketing of the games. And I think that you had Bowser and like not every, but game after game, after game, after game, you had Dr. Robotnik and game after game, after game. Whereas today's games, you know, if you are playing, you know, the far cry, three villain is different than the far cry four villain is different than the far cry five villain right you know so i think that makes a little bit of a difference in today's you know gaming landscape as far as who villains are when i think of villains though that i really enjoy i kind of go all over the place because it really depends on you know what i don't want to say who i'm what mood i'm in but like you know i think of you know if i think of television I, I definitely I definitely am someone who thinks of the current things, right? Like television, I think of like Ramsey Bolton and Jeffrey Baratheon from oh, sure, sure. you know Game of Thrones. I think of um the Trinity Killer from season four of Dexter. Like yes. I think of things that are much more recent than maybe like even though he's a like T one thousand, you know, like yeah. very, very cool, but like that's not a thing that I think about unless I really go look for it or start trying to really like dig down into like who are some of those really really cool villains you know and one thing i think that's interesting about video games is like when i think of recently i think there's only two really recent video game villains that have like stuck with me one of them and this is a huge spoiler for the game spec ops the line so if you haven't played spec ops the line this is a huge uh, spoiler so skip ahead like a minute 
but like you're the villain yeah you are the villain like martin walker is the bad dude you know yeah. and i think that that was really cool so like that one sticks with me more because of how it was done i still remember it. that scene man i know it's ridiculous right oh it was, so uh, was it green magnesium what was it called oh oh what, what? green fire no that's that's um game of thrones yeah that, you know yeah. what i'm talking about right though yeah because the they yeah 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 Okay. I, th- I think it's white phosphorus, isn't white it? Fo- Thank you, white yeah. phosphorus. Yeah, you're right, white phosphorus. So, um, but so I think of like him as one, and then another one I think too, actually, and this was like the last villain that really, and I talked about this when I played this game, um, and that was Frau Engel from Wolfenstein 2. Okay. Oh my goodness, when you get to the end of that game, and you're kind of like getting to the point where you know that like this showdown is going to happen, like I was like uh, my body i was like i was trembling i was like yes like it's gonna happen because i despised her i really really did not like her and that doesn't happen all that often where you and then i think obviously it's a sign of a great villain right of like you just don't like them you yes. know so she was like as far as video games go like a, a recent one who i was like oh really really not a fan of hers at all um but even then you know like you have like the kind of the more common ones of, you know, like Andrew Ryan from Bioshock and things like that. But um, one thing that I want to ask you really briefly about, we talked about some movies and some television and video games. There's really not many board games that have villains, right? Like Sheriff of Nottingham, I guess technically you're the Sheriff of Nottingham and they're, <laughs> they're not a good guy. Like they would be considered a villain, I would guess, in the world of Robin Hood. But yes. like, there's not a lot of villains per se in board games. Why? What's that? What's the deal with that? Is it just that the game itself is the villain? If you're playing a cooperative game, like you don't want to, like maybe you have like in Descent and things like that, you might have someone who's kind of like controlling the minions, and they're kind of like the quote unquote bad guy. But you don't have like a character necessarily associated with that. So what's uh what's with you know like story-based games like mice and mystics and stuff fables have a kind of overarching villain but it's not someone that you is someone you read about it's not someone that you really see or interact with very often in the game itself yeah so how is it just because of the format of board games why don't we have so many villains in board games so first i want to tell you what i was thinking of while you were talking about villains i can't believe i missed alien queen what was i thinking or any of that stuff but how do we not have a predator hidden movement game? How is there not a predator version of Fury of Dracula? That is how actually is that, an excellent point. How's that not a game? So that ties into your, I think, what you're asking me. So, like, you could argue that Dracula is a villain in Fury of Dracula. Yep. The problem with board games is you're in a you you're not associating the bad guy as a villain because you're playing as that person. So when you're playing board games, typically the thematic element isn't you're a bad guy, it's you're versus somebody else. So, so are we just from the, the alien <laughs> Yeah, well we're like, just an anti-hero now. In, in escape uh, escape um from aliens in outer space. You might be an alien, but your goal is to kill me the human if I'm a human. So you're not associating yourself with a bad guy, you're associating yourself with how to win, which you technically are the bad guy to you right and i oh my gosh we're the bad guys well, to thematically, each other. Th- thematically in that game you're the bad guy it's called escape from the aliens in outer space 
<laughs> well, it's a little, I, I'm just going to say it's a perspective bias. Sure. If you're the alien. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's what I was thinking about today when I was thinking about um, our conversation. And I don't like, you can take pandemic, right? Pandemic, the basic game itself, you're not, no one's a bad guy, but then you take in like pandemic on the brink and someone's playing the bioterrorist. Right. Yes. Now you have a bad guy, technically, but the person who's playing the bad guy, unless it's like like Mansions of Madness Second Edition where you have an app controlling it, you're still associating someone sitting at the table with you uh, as, I don't think, as the bad guy because you know them. Or like in Secret Hitler, like you know people are bad guys, but they're it's Kyle. It's not the bad guy. So when we play the game, we're not, we don't have an, an antagonist necessarily. Like it's not like playing a video game where you're immersed in this narrative and you're physically fighting like Mr. Negative or like Rhino or a scorpion. And like, that's a physical fight you're doing. And it would be like, do you consider the people you're playing in blackout bad guys? It's a really good question. Cause like if someone is playing scorpion on the other end of the internet, do you now think of him as the bad guy or do you just think of him as another person you're fighting? That is a really excellent question. Huh. I just don't think that we can take like that familial person and make them a villain. Like the villain has to be someone you can't relate to. You have nothing in common with. You would never do what they're doing. All these, all these like tropes of villains that you don't want to associate with or you don't want to be like, I am the bad guy. Like some people do like Friday the 13th. You're like, I get to play as Jason. Right. Like, yeah. But I know Kyle is Jason. J- Kyle's just trying to kill me to win. <laughs> and I'm just trying to survive to it. I can't even kill him. So, so does it seem like then that in order to have a true villain, there has to be some sort of a, that villain has to have, like they have to be a, a fleshed out character that has, you know, the, the way they act and they have, you know, tropes about them. But do they also have to be removed from being a quote unquote actual person? Yeah, I think that you have to remove the human element, as crazy as that sounds, right? Because they're hu- if it's a film, that's a human. So here's um, my here's my question then about that when it comes to board games specifically. Is that a advantage that board games have? Or is that a disadvantage that board games have in their ability to create for the most part, not 100% true, obviously, I'm not making a huge blanket statement here, but like for the most part, like having a true villain in a board game is challenging. Is that a good thing for board games or a or a, or something that board games should look to try to result, change in some way? I don't know. Um, I don't know that you need to to do anything with it. Like if you look at like D&D players or just role-playing uh, tabletop role players in general, they they can get you know they get really passionate you can create it's almost become more acting than like just plain storytelling where you you shape the world you're playing in and when you play a board game that world is already shaped for you for the most part um like even like when you play dead of winter do you really consider the zombies villains or an obstacle that's a good question they're an obstacle i would think like they're set up as the idea of a villain but like and maybe it's just me but like when i think of a villain i think of someone controlling bad guys yeah so you're thinking of an antagonist not necessarily like somebody who's an obstacle in the game right and that's just that might just be me but i think like if you take the people who have a hard time separating 
um, Alan Rickman from Hans Gruber. Like you see Alan Rickman, well, not anymore, but you would see Alan Rickman in a mall. There's people that really can't separate him from his character and they get nervous when they see him. They don't know that he's a good person. That's the difference. And if those people interacted with board games the same way, I think that they would definitely have an enhanced experience with a board game like Fury of Dracula. Um, but I don't, I don't, not, not every, the majority of people can tell the difference between real life and non real life. So when I sit down to play Abyss or I don't even know how many like horror games I have, or even like Mysterium or Betrayal, like a Betrayal at the House on the Hill, you are, someone is eventually put into a traitor role, which requires some, you know, uh, ill will for that person to to harbor towards the group. In that situation, would it be more helpful for you to view your friend as the villain? I think so, totally. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how often that happens. Gotcha. So, so, you know, just to clarify, you know, like using like Uncharted 2 as an example, yeah. uh, Lazarevich is the villain and all of his opinions that you <laughs> murder along the way yeah. are not villains. They're just obstacles along. They're just the bad guys. It feels that way. I mean, there definitely are villains. Um, like henchmen are villains. <laughs> or are they, or is that something different? You know, well, they could just it, be hired contractors. <laughs> right? You know, but I think that's an important distinction, right? Because, uh, you know, to be a true villain, like there has to probably be some sort of, um, you have to, there has to be some sort of character there, right? Like the hired guns are like hired guns. They don't have a lot of character to them. Yeah. Well, to put it into our terms of how we started this episode, is Iago a villain? Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I mean, Flotsam jet some villains are who? Flots the eels or eels. eels? I just didn't hear what you said. That's um, right. so. Or or are they just like tools of a villain? That's a good question. Like, are they? Yeah, are they the enforcers? Are they the hired help? And then is like like I would say like Iago did as many uh, unsavory things as uh, Abu did. Oh, now we're going deep. So, okay. Like they're just, but is it in the name of why it was done? Does that matter? Well, that's you're doing right. it for the sake of good. Does that? Well, they're make... doing it out of loyalty. That's it's not even good or bad. That's true. That's true. So here's my question, then, kind of building off of that. When it comes to villains, right? I feel like there's tends to be like two types of villains for the most part. Now, obviously, this is going to be again overgeneralization. You have your villains who are doers, who are out there shooting the guns and swinging the swords and doing all that stuff. And you have your villains who are calling the shots. They sit in the background. They tell their henchmen and their hired help to go do things. Um, sometimes bad, like obviously often really bad things, but they're more directing things than actually partaking. Sure. Do you have a type of villain that you like better than that, like between the two? I really like the, um, the, the latter. In that situation, I like the ones that they're so smart that it's scary. Mm -hmm. Like even like the Jacob Seed. Like I know you didn't, weren't in love with his character, but I I know like Far Cry has a, a a good reputation for building villains, and he was just the only Far Cry villain I've experienced. But he was, you know, he's the puppet master. So right. I, I am fond of that. One of my favorite villains, um, and this is, have you seen the movie Arlington Road? Yes. I adore that movie, though I have not watched it in a very long time. So many people 
I now hate that movie because it doesn't have a good ending. I think it has a brilliant ending. It's one of my favorite movies because of the way it was handled. And I loved that this character that you see through this whole movie, I won't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not worrying about spoiling like a 20 year old movie. Um, this character that you see in this movie, like it's written so well that like, you have no clue how. Like the ending is so jaw dropping and shocking that you never know. Like some people probably saw it coming. I certainly did not, and it blew me away. Like when the that kind of falls in like the unsuspecting villain as well. So like I like those villains, um, and maybe like the villain of like you're you're your own like villain like the ending of the mist like you know you're your own worst enemy kind of situation where you do something drastic that didn't need to be done or something like that um but to answer your question that you originally asked i prefer um less of the doer more of the plotter where's your preference falling on those two I think I'm in the same boat as you there. I like the villain who kind of sits back in their chair and kind of directs what's happening. But I enjoy the moments when they add a, for lack of a better word, when they get their hands dirty to prove that they're capable of doing it. They don't do it often. They do it very, very rarely. But every once in a while, they get their hands dirty just to be like, yep, I am capable. Like, I really am as messed up as you think I am. I just am smart enough to get other people to do it for me. Like but every I, fourth Bond villain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's definitely what I I prefer um, is those that are kind of sitting back, calling the shots, kind of doing their thing from behind a desk. I, I just, I don't know why I like that. I just really appreciate that they are able to still be like i don't want to say that they're able to because this is going to sound horrible so i gotta think about how to phrase this i appreciate their ability to share their vision in a way that other people get on board with doing things that are unsavory and i don't think that's a good thing like i I don't think that like that is a (laughs) thing we should hold up as a um because obviously a lot of horrible things in history have happened that way i just think that's a very intriguing plot device for creating villains so what's your take on gary oldman's character in the fifth element i was just wondering if you were going to ask that um (laughs) because he's definitely behind a desk he is behind a desk he does try to take initiative at uh, one point or the other yep to show he can show yeah Uh, i just really like the fifth element as a whole like i just like that movie um i often forget that that's gary oldman when i watch that movie it's yeah. really amazing to me that's him. But he's kind of uh, like, he's not the main villain. He's no. just like the voice of the villain. Yeah, absolutely. So that is one of those that it's it's really, um, yeah, interesting to me. I, I mean, I like I said, I like that movie. So for me in general, I think it's good. Um, not a villain that, you know, jumps out to me as like, oh, this is like one of the best villains ever. Um, but definitely... You know, it's it's one that I think is cool. I appreciate um, probably more. I, I appreciate more than I like. How about we go with that? Yes. So any other villains you want to point out before we get to our, our next big part of this? Um, I don't, but maybe we should just uh, talk about the villains some other people thought of. Is that what you're thinking of? 
Oh, we could do that first. I had another question for you, but let's talk about some oh. villains other people talked about enjoying. Yeah. So we put this out on uh, Twitter to see what our listeners thought of. We put top three villains, and well, let's just say we got some 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 interesting answers. Uh, so Paul Calico, uh, of course, at P Calico eighty four, he, he says this is easy. Bebop and Rocksteady. Um, for all three, so that was what? What was it? Board game, video game, and movie. Um, I don't quite think that was the question. I think the question was. Oh, oh who's um, your favorite? What villains are underappreciated, and who needs to take center stage? Sorry. Yes. Nope. That's, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So let's do that again, but we'll do it with Jason Lacey's. So, who is your favorite? Jason Lacey starts. Uh, I'm wondering if this is in, in the correct order. Uh, he starts with Handsome Jack. So Handsome Jack was a great bad guy in the Borderlands series. Absolutely. Then we say, what uh, what villains are underappreciated? We got Andrew Ryan and Zachary Comstock. Uh, so he ju- I think he just puts Andrew Ryan. So Andrew Ryan is the villain from the original Bioshock mm-hmm. game. And then who needs to take center stage in a game? Maybe he's saying Zachary Cornstock, which I didn't know who that was. Kyle thinks it's... Bioshock Infinite. I'm pretty sure he's the one from Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, the big bearded dude. I believe that's correct. Gotcha. Cool. And then uh, he he throws in for a bonus a slug for a butt from Earthworm Jim, which I think is a great. In fact, it was uh, something I was thinking of and, and Jason just happened to read my mind because I was thinking about it second. Uh, I knew this was going to be our topic. I'm like, that Earthworm Jim villain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Splig at Dopalicious responded with three gifts. Uh, I don't know what order they were meant to be in, so I'm just going to tell you what the gifts were. The first one um, that I saw was of Rainbow Randolph from, and Rainbow Expletive Deleted Randolph from Death to Smoochie, the infamous Robin Williams character. Mm -hmm. Um, He shared a gif of the Hamburglar. Which classic villain for sure? Absolutely. Uh, and then he shared a gif of some weird bald Sims character <laughs> with money floating around him. I don't know who that's supposed to be. I'm unfamiliar with Sims villains uh, if they exist. So that's all on Splig. So those are our answers from Twitter. What else? What did I cut you off from asking? <laughs> okay, so. You know, typically when we're playing games, we are playing as the hero, right? Villainous as a game is different because you are playing as a villain. Like your goal is to win as the villain, be the best villain you can be. What villains do you think deserve their own starring role in a game? And what type of game would you like to see that be? Oh, so, okay. Well, I think uh, I'll just go right back to my I can't believe there's not a predator hidden movement game so that would be probably my number one choice <laughs> okay that's good that's good um uh, it's tough because I know that there are games out there that exist uh, some of them just in the Kickstarter format mm-hmm. of like miniature games um obviously we could have an alien game like that would be a piece of cake um in the same like aspect of um, Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. Uh, it would also be probably partially hidden in a movement game. Right. Um, where you go in with the Marines and you have to fight off the Xenomorphs. Uh, there also could already be an alien game. There probably is an alien game out there that I'm not familiar with. 
Um, because I'm thinking like 80s, 90s sci-fi is mm-hmm. really where like in my brain the the exciting, like when you want to play a board game, you want some excitement to it as well. We're not mm-hmm. going to try to play a Euro villain game. I mean, we could, but <laughs> it right. might be tough. Um, uh, we have stuff like Hail Hydra is out. Like that's a great, potentially great game. I've heard great things. I haven't played mm-hmm. it yet. Um, there's an Evil Dead board game. Like if I go to my favorite like movies, there's already an Evil Dead board game that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, if we could find a way to make a Cabin in the Woods board game, that's like oh, you play Sigourney cool. Weaver as the devil and like you're constructing maybe like a castle panic type board for people to play in. Mm-hmm. I think that could be pretty cool. Uh, where, like that. Um, there's a board game already out there, like a mad scientist one. Is it called Nefarious? I think that's right. Yeah. Where you create like a, a um, an evil layer. So something like that or like Dungeon Keeper on the PC mm-hmm. um, or Dungeon Siege. One of those things where you could build your own like thing or you can be the construct of evil. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you have anything off the top of your head? I mean, I have a few that I think would be kind of interesting. Some of them might be a little bit gimmicky, but I think they might be kind of cool nonetheless. Uh, one of them being, I think it would be really neat to have a... Well, I don't know if it'd be a legacy style game or a campaign style game where you play each game or each scenario is you playing one of the different bond villains and trying to actually like execute your plan. Whereas someone else is playing like James Bond and they're a sidekick or two trying to get you to not be able to execute your plans. So I think that'd be really cool. I think having some sort of bond game, like where you're getting to be Dr. No and things like that, I think would be a kind of a cool thing to do. Um, And I think, like I said, there's definitely, (coughs) oh, excuse me, definitely like legacy style games and and campaign style games out there that I think it would fit or it would work to kind of lay that on top. Um, Another one that I am really interested in, and I feel like this is going to, I don't want to say it's so it's definitely a, a, a genre of game I've talked about a lot before. I would be really interested in seeing a Harry Potter game where you get to play as Lord Voldemort, like leading really? up, leading up to like the first wizarding war though. And like when he gets defeated the first time, like going out, recruiting people, like doing all of that stuff. Like, I think that'd be really interesting um, to see things from that perspective. Cause like I said, we always like hear about things from the perspective of the heroes, right? Like what they saw, like what they experienced. Like, I think it'd be interesting to see like, from his perspective, like, why was he doing what he was doing? Like, I'm always interested in, like, the psyche and thought processes of people who do not good things. I don't know why. I just find it absolutely fascinating. And I get that as a game. Like, this would be, you know, a fictional thing. It's not real life. But I still find things like that really fascinating as to, like, what is the reason that you're that you're doing these things? Um, I think those, for me, are two big ones. I think one of you that might be a little more of, like, a... Um, I don't want to say cash in, but I think it kind of works is if you were like Gordon Gecko from wall street in like a, a commodities trading game or something like that, just trying to make the most money that you can, yeah. um, you know, the whole greed is good thing. Like, I think that might be kind of a, like a, a fun take on that style of game of have some sort of stock game or commodity game that is focused and you get to play as like Gordon Gecko um, or something like that. Or, you know, you could put it in the Wolf of wall street if you wanted to like area, um, I think that would be kind of a fun thing to do. So those are some of the things off the top of my head 
that I think might be kind of fun and a little bit different. I was trying to think of a way to make like Unbreakable into one, and I just nothing was coming up to the top of my head, but I think <laughs> that might be kind of cool too. So, all right. Anything else you want to talk about when it comes to villains? Um, no, like I have um, Marvel Legendary villains also, mm-hmm. which I failed to mention. Uh, I think it, like it's it's not nearly as good as legendary. I agree because I have it as well, and I feel the same way about it. So I think what if board games? If this is something that we get to see more of, like I think it's definitely important to take it like seriously because it's very probably very easy for people to like slap on a theme, and that's probably where you lose some of that. Um, like. It, quality people like oh it'd be kind of trendy to make a villain board game and just kind of put it out there and if you don't put in like the work like how much work they put into villainous like how they like they perfected that play style they tried to balance it as well as they could Mm -hmm. you're literally throwing good guys at your opponents to try to stop them from (laughs) being bad like when i think like when you take aspects like when they saw legendary they like people want to play as apocalypse no they don't not really they want to fight apocalypse um so when they put out villains i think it was okay at first but then they were like okay but now you can also like mix this with your regular legendary oh and now you can mix this with aliens and predators and like if you don't give this the game the chance to survive on its own like you're not giving it a fighting chance so if we're going to see more villain games, I'd like them just to say, we're going to sit down, we're going to make a villain game. We're going to make this. If you want a Voldemort game, they're going to have to be sit down and be like, okay, this is going to be a tough one because a lot of people might be mad that they are playing as Voldemort. Like people take him seriously. It's like, you might as well make a Jeffrey Dahmer game, like the Dahmer dinner party board game that's out. Oh yeah. <laughs> people are like, why would I buy this game? Right, right, like, right. Well, you know, make it, you know, put some work into it. That's all I would say. Like, there's a lot of board games over there with just painted on pasted themes. And and I would just love to see more games where you're playing the villain. I think it's a great concept. Right. I agree there. Um, one last thing I want to ask you about really quickly that I thought of as you were wrapping things up. What, what do you think the, the, I don't want to say desire, but... How hard do you think it is if you look at a game like Star Wars Battlefront 2, right? Like you start the game and the whole hook of this game was, hey, you get to play as the Empire. Yeah. And everyone, spoilers for Star Wars Battlefront 2, <laughs> was like, I wonder how long until they switch sides. Right. And it wasn't that long. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it was like right away. <laughs> yeah. Like how were you disappointed by that? Like, would you have rather just finished that game like the entire time playing as someone loyal to the empire like how do you think that they had to switch sides like that like what do you think how that would have played differently if they if you had just stayed on the empire side the entire time like obviously the game would have been completely different and right. the, the storyline is not you know the campaign isn't something that gets a lot of praise in general but do you think that would have been something more interesting or you would have preferred to explore more if they had just not done the turn we all saw coming the whole hook of that game was you get to play as an imperial tie fighter pilot you play for the empire. That was the hook. Right. Everyone's like, awesome. I get to play as the bad guys. People yep. were excited. They should have just stuck their guns. You don't, we don't need redemption stories 
every story. Right. Like it, it doesn't like mix it up. You know, you run the risk when you play it safe of not putting out a great story. Yeah, I agree there. Like, I think a cool, I think a cool ending to that would have been if you just stayed evil the entire time. And at like at some point, and I'm not a big enough Star Wars fan to know like what the point for this is, but at some point you realize that a battle is just lost, so you just like walk away, like you just yeah, leave, <laughs> like and you just leave, and then they have like a flash forward to like x number of years later and you're like sitting like in a pub or whatever and then someone walks up and they're like hey aren't you and then like they light up a lightsaber and like it like reflects off your face and like that's how the game ends like that would be sweet you know like anyway trademark copyright that's my idea don't take it Uh, (laughs) except for lightsaber you gotta get that out of there oh yeah uh glowing (laughs) sword stick thing yeah Space sword. Space sword. Yes. Space sword. But not space marine. Can't nope. use that. Space knight. <laughs> there we go. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for kind of joining us on that villain roundabout talk. We enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it as well. But in addition to talking about the villains, we did get some other questions from the community. So, Josh, why don't you take it away for that? Yeah. Hey, Giffify us some of your favorite villains while you're at it. No more Sims characters. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, okay. So we'll expect some gifts on Thursday afternoon. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing that. Okay. Sorry, I stutter because you get sometimes you get real close to the mic when you're going to talk. I know. And then and I don't pull back <laughs> all right so here we go listener questions starting off of course all-star paul calico eh, p calico 84 this is a little snarky question we'll start with that one kyle have you played fire ball island yet no i'm gonna say do no, I, say I, have LOL? <laughs> I have not played fire ball island yet it is like i said i have a box of games to play and a box of games a stack of games to play and one of the boxes in that stack is fireball island so it is on the short list of to be played it's not even out of the wrapper yet oh you and your rappers i know right i just i have no self-control it helps me keep track of what i haven't played yeah i can just look at my shelf i see all the games i haven't played (laughs) okay Uh, he then continues i noticed um, bakugan are back in stores did y'all or would y'all ever try playing Bakugan? So I don't know Bakugan. I know Beyblades, but I don't really know Beyblades. I just know that by name because I saw them again in stores. So um, no and no. Kyle, are you familiar with Bakugan? Have you ever played Bakugan? Bakugan? I Googled it and then I saw it and I was like, I don't know what this is. And that's my experience with Bakugan. Is it Japanese, Korean? Am I saying it's super wrong? Close? I, you got an audio file for me? <laughs> I, I don't have an audio file for you. But like I, I Googled it and I was like, oh, that looks kind of neat. It's cards, I, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but maybe maybe I will make it. I'm going to write this down right now. And I'm going to see if I can find some Bakugan. Okay. You're gonna, all right, all right, sounds good. I can't go to Toys R Us anymore and look, so I'll cry a little bit later <laughs> tonight. Um, all right, and then he continues Who is the bad guy in the Fox and the Hound Disney movie? Uh, LOL, and have you all seen The Greatest Showman? I love it. So I think the, the bad guy in the Fox and the Hound is the hunter. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, Copper's owner, Am- A- Ooh, Amos. Is that right? Amos? sure it sounds I think, like i mean I, because he like goes into like a wilder 
life preserve, right? Like, doesn't he yeah, go yeah. to some place he's not supposed to in order to try to hunt Todd? And I don't even remember if he's actually specifically hunting Todd or if he's just hunting in general. It's been a very long time since I've seen the fox and the hunt. It, it has been for me as well. I mean, I think you could also say the bear because the bear is terrifying. Yes. The bear is absolutely terrifying. But I think, yeah, uh, Copper's owner, gosh, I think his name is Amos. Okay, but if Paul's hinting at the Fox and the Hound being in Villainous, I don't know that that's a good fit. I don't know. I mean, hey, if the bear <laughs> from the Fox and the Hound was in Villainous, I'd be down for that. I, that thing terrified me. Whew. Okay, and have you seen The Greatest Showman? I have not, um, and not because I'm protesting Ringling Brothers. Well, okay, so ex- why <laughs> would you see not see it if you were protesting Ringling Brothers? I said not because I was. Oh, People okay. haven't been watching the movie because it glorifies P.T. Barnum. It does glorify P.T. Barnum. Uh, it really does. Um, I have seen The Greatest Showman. I watch The Greatest Showman regularly. I love The Greatest Showman. I have some, um, I don't want to say, I, I have some concerns about it because it does glorify a lot of things, right? Like P.T. Barnum wasn't a great person. Like he just wasn't. Right. Uh, and they definitely make him out to be a pretty great person in this, in this movie. <laughs> um so that is hard. And I, I, I sometimes struggle. And I think I think I may have even recommended this as a well-rounded life, I think. Because I think I went into this whole like diatribe about is it okay for art ever just to be art and how true to life does it have to be when it's talking about someone who really existed? Um, is it okay just to, you know, enjoy something for the sake of enjoyment? Does everything have to have a message? I think if he made this movie, it would be different, but he didn't. Right. He didn't, absolutely. And yeah, you know, there there's definitely a disconnect between, you know, what he did and what this movie shows that he did. Like, if you go read the history of what he did, he was not a great person. He did some really shady things. And, you know, there's also then the discussion of, you know, treatment of animals and all those other things that involve the circus. Um, you know, the, how they portray there's a, a critic that is in the movie that how they portray that critic is really interesting. There is a female singer um, in the movie, which how they portray her in it is really inaccurate into like, they talk about like all of the good things she did. And then it makes it seem like she just stopped doing them, but she actually like went on to do all these great things, despite what PT Barnum did to her. But it makes it seem like, Oh no, I'm just quitting and then leaving this thing. Like they really like, there's some not great stuff in the comparison to what actually happened in history, but the music is great. It's got Hugh Jackman. It's got <laughs> Zac Efron. I mean, come on. Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron sing a song together. Who would have thought that that was something that I wanted in my life? I didn't know I wanted that until I had it. And now that I have it, I'm like, this is amazing. So I love The Greatest Showman. I really do. It It is definitely a movie that causes some conflict for me. But darn it, I just really enjoy it. <laughs> Well, Paul says, I love it, and I will see it because my wife wants to see it, but surprise, Paul, I bet you weren't expecting that answer. (laughs) Yeah, like, I I still listen to that soundtrack weekly, and I probably watch the movie almost probably weekly as well. Wow, okay, so then you love that movie. Okay, let's finish this question section off with Splig at Dopalicious asks, what's the biggest struggle keeping from getting to the games? Uh, his answer first, tabletop is hard. Three toddlers wear us out. And by the time they're down, we're white. I can play video games on my own. Once wife down. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, never ventured into solo board games. So I'll answer first because I can, I can't imagine three toddlers, my friend, but I got one toddler and a wife and it is hard to find time. Um, I definitely played way more tabletop games with friends before a kid. Um, it's just life, just what it is. Um, video games are tough because I agree. Once you finally have free time, you're just tired. Like I played games with Kyle last night because I had the opportunity to play. Like we don't often get to play during the week. And on any normal night, that would have been fine. I would have just been, I would have come home from work. I would have played games with Kyle for a couple hours. We both stayed up way past our bedtime. Um, and then it would have been fine, but I ended up having a screaming child all night. So I played with Kyle for an hour and then I was up for five more hours with my son who was up all night. So those things like, and then I didn't want to play video games this morning before work because I wanted to sleep. <laughs> so, you know, it's tough. Um, so that's my struggle. Kyle, what's your struggle? I think, you know, time is always going to be the thing, right? Like time is always going to be a struggle because there are things that you have to decide what's, what is the priority in life, right? We are, we often say when we don't, when something comes up that we're like, well, I don't have time for that. And that's not really the correct answer. The correct answer is that's not a priority right now, right? Like there are more important things for me to do. And I, the big thing I think I've realized is that I've, started a little bit to get better about my FOMO. Like I don't fear missing out as much, but I've had to select where I'm okay in not experiencing things. And like for us, like we have to try to play video games. We have to try to play board games. We have to put out this podcast. We do the social media stuff. Like we do all those things because we love doing them, but that has definitely restricted the amount of content I consume, right? I don't listen to anywhere near the number of podcasts that I used to. I don't consume other board game and video game content like I used to. I just don't have time because I have chosen that playing games and creating the content that we do is more important to me right now. Now, that might change in two years. Who knows? But right now, to me, that's more life fulfilling for me. That's not more life giving. Now, for all of you who have kids, I don't know how you do anything, to be totally honest. <laughs> um, my very, very, very dear friend has four kids. Oh, I don't know how she does anything. Nothing. I have no idea how anything ever gets accomplished because... She'll tell me, it's like, oh, yeah, like this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And my response is like, how do you even go to the bathroom? Like, how do you do anything? Like, I don't understand. even go to the bathroom with one kid. I can't uh, right. imagine four kids. Right. I mean, I have two dogs that outsmart me. I'm like, how do you handle four kids? Like, my dogs yeah. are smarter than I am. I can't even, like, wrangle the two of them. <laughs> and then she has four kids. I'm like, I don't understand how this works. But I, I think that's the biggest thing, right, is you figure out what's important to you and you make time for it. And if it's not playing games because you just don't have the time or that's just not a priority right now, trying to figure out a way to come to terms with being okay with that, right? Uh, I felt really guilty for a long time that, like, maybe I wasn't consuming all of the content that I used to and I wasn't able to intelligently talk about all of those things as well as I used to be able to. But I had to come, become okay with the fact that you can't do everything and you have to decide what's going to be most important for you and what gives you the most joy and affirmation in life and if that means that you play games once a week or twice a week because that's what you have time for then that's what you do and hopefully those times are really important and really meaningful to you um so don't worry too much about it just you know figure out what's most important schedule the time if you need to or where you can and and make sure that you're when you're doing those things that you are present and doing those things 
Excellent. Awesome. All right. So as always, we really appreciate when you send us questions and thoughts and things like that, because we love when you are part of the show. So thank you so much for reaching out to us at board with VG on Twitter or sending us those emails board with VG at gmail.com. And finally, while we're clearly a gaming podcast, we love to give you one recommendation suggestion thing we are up to. That is kind of like we were just talking about helping us live that well-rounded <laughs> life. Something that we're doing outside of gaming that's helping keeping us happy and keeping us going. So Josh, what is your recommendation for a well-rounded life? Okay, this goes for people in relationships, whether you're married or, or not. Um, make some time, not for each other, but for yourself working with... Uh, I'm going to try to word this better. Give each other some time off from each other. So whether it be once a month, once every other month, once a week, whatever works for you, but give yourself a day or an afternoon where you go do something that maybe the other person doesn't want to do. Uh, Or like, for example, I have my Gloomhaven days, right? I get to go basically spend six, eight hours out of the house. That's away from the kid. And spend time with my friends, have a drink or two, and play play a board game. Now, do I feel great? Absolutely. Is it fair for my wife if I don't try to reciprocate that back? No. So this also comes with the responsibility of um, encouraging your partner to do something. So like this weekend, my wife's going out with the girls for coffee, hanging out, just whatever the heck they want to do. I watch the kid, even if you don't have kids, clean the house while they're gone, clean the apartment while they're gone. Do something that you know will make their life more relaxed and stress-free when they get back, but surprise them with it. You don't have to tell them, hey, I'm going to do this while you're gone, because then you set an expectation that you could potentially fail. <laughs> but make sure you're giving each other the opportunity to to branch out and do something, um, because space is still healthy. And not, and you don't always have that luxury, especially if you have kids, even with pets, that's sometimes hard to do because your responsibilities are often tied to each other. So give yourself a little bit of freedom, if you will. That is an excellent recommendation that I 110% endorse. And now <laughs> I'm going to say the exact opposite of that. <laughs> That's okay. It doesn't have to be concurrent. <laughs> and it should not be concurrent. But my well-rounded life recommendation um, comes because of something that happened recently. But that is share something that you are passionate about or something that you enjoy with someone else. And I mean that in the sense of not just a random person on the street, probably, but someone who you care about or have a positive relationship or are trying to um, maybe create a greater understanding between the two of you about like who you are as a person and all those good things. Uh, share something that you are really passionate about and that you care deeply about with them. Probably not something that's going to take eight hours, maybe something <laughs> that's small, you know, bite-sized chunk Um, But put yourself out there and share something that you're passionate about and that you really care about. Because most people, when you do that, uh, are going to be able to see how much you care about something and their reaction to that and their reaction to you sharing that is going to tell you a lot about the potential for um, the, the quality and depth of the relationship you probably can have with that person. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Share something Share something that you really care about with someone else um, and hopefully encourage them to do the same with you. 
um, invest in other people is really, really important. Um, and the, one of the best ways you can invest is by sharing something that you're passionate about. So with that, Josh, what do you say we wrap up this show? What a great idea, as I say all the time, because it is a great idea. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. Remember, find us on social media at Board with Fiji. Use that hashtag, hashtag Board with Fiji, facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. And of course, our inbox, which is getting some love these days, boardwithfiji at gmail.com. For my plugs, I will say, I hope you were paying attention to our Twitter feed over the past five days. I was very active for a very specific reason. If anyone figured it out, send me a DM. I'm curious if you figured out what was going on. Uh, and you can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network as Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, uh, Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As Josh alluded, be on the lookout. There might be some uh, cool things going on pretty quick here. Maybe by the time you've listened to this episode, maybe shortly after you've listened to this episode, uh, we're going to have some cool announcements and some really awesome things going on. So keep it tuned to all those social media channels because we'll be sharing more with you very, very soon. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.